You're listening to the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for this week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne McCrary, your host, and I'm also the leader for the Adult Explore the Bible team. Today, I'm joined by David Briscoe, who's a member of the team. His main responsibility is to edit the adult commentary. So, David, thank you for being with us today. Thanks, Dwayne. I'm glad to be here. And we're going to be looking at session 10 for the winter 2020-2021 study of the Gospel of Luke. Uh, this particular passage uh, is Luke 5, 17 through 26. Uh, we see Jesus having compassion on a lame man. It's probably one of the more common stories that we will study in the Gospel of Luke because of the uh, even children would have studied this passage uh, where a man is lowered through the roof. Uh, in verses 17 through 19, uh, we find men bringing a paralyzed man to Jesus while he's teaching a crowd that included Pharisees and scribes. These men are unable to gain access to Jesus because of this crowd. So they go up on the roof, they remove part of the roof, and they lower the paralyzed man to in front of Jesus down below. We've entitled this section, Hope Demonstrated, and the main point is that Jesus offers hope to those who seek him. In verses 20 through 24, we find the crowd looking on, and Jesus declared the sins of the paralyzed man forgiven. Obviously, the religious leaders questioned Jesus' authority to forgive sin which prompted Jesus to confront them about their unbelief. He then called on the paralyzed man to stand and carry his stretcher home as a demonstration of Jesus' authority to forgive sin. In this particular section, verses 20-24, we've entitled that Forgiveness Granted, and the main point there is that Jesus forgives all who have faith in him. Verses 25-26, the paralyzed man immediately responds to Jesus' command, and he stood to his feet, gathers his stretcher, and walks home. The crowd was astonished and offered praise to God, as did the formerly paralyzed man. So we've entitled this particular section, Praise Offered, and the main idea here is that believers should praise God for his forgiveness of sin. David, we're looking at this, this passage, and there they're 70 miles or so. We're in Capernaum. They're 70 miles or so from Jerusalem. And we notice that there are Pharisees and scribes. What should we make of their presence since it's so far from Jerusalem? We probably want to uh, just, just take the moment to think about who the Pharisees were. They, they were really more of a, a lay group. They were one of the largest and most scripturally conservative groups within Judaism, they, they certainly uh, believed in the law and really had a commendable zeal for the law. But it developed over time really into uh, a somewhat fanatical zeal that became rigid, it became legalistic. And so they, they began to add layers of traditions that went beyond what God's law even commanded. But they came to see themselves as the, the true interpreters of Scripture, the protectors of God's law for the common people. And they were, they were located throughout uh, the Promised Land. But the, uh, the passage does say that there were 
uh, Pharisees who'd come from all over, from Judea, from Galilee, and even from Jerusalem. So there were some that made that long trek uh, from Jerusalem up to Capernaum, uh, which is on the, the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee, uh, to hear Jesus and to uh, check him out. We might want to note at this point that Luke 5, 17 through chapter 6, verse 10 is really a series of, of five conflict events, encounters, five conflict accounts that really builds off of 515, where Luke stated that uh, the news about Jesus spread far and wide, large crowds came together to hear him, and so here then was the beginning of um, where Luke was describing incidents, accounts where people did come from all around to, to hear Jesus. And the fact that, that some Pharisees came from all over was likely because they, they knew that uh, Capernaum was Jesus's base of operations. They knew that they were likely to find him there. But, but secondly, they heard about his popularity as a teacher and a healer. That, that had grown exponentially. And here was someone who was teaching and who was healing, but guess what? He was not one of them. He was not a Pharisee. He was not in their group. And so hmm, we better check him out. So they intended to, to come to hear Jesus for themselves, at least some of them, uh, rather than having an honest interest, were really there because they wanted to nip this Jesus movement in the bud. They wanted to uh, hear for themselves what Jesus was teaching uh, and to uh, correct, if not him, at least correct the people who were uh, flocking to hear Jesus. They were there as closed skeptics as opposed to open skeptics. Uh, I would say that's true, yeah. At least some of them. Yeah. In verse 20, Jesus points to their faith that he recognized their faith. Who is they in this passage? Or at least in uh, verse 20. Yeah, and, and so this is this is following on the uh, Luke's announcement there that that some men brought this paralyzed man on a stretcher. That's verse 18. Uh, says, just then some men came carrying on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed. And so they went up, they couldn't get through the crowd to uh, present him to Jesus. So they went up on the roof and they lowered him down. They took through the roof tiles. They took some of the roof tiles up and they lowered him down through the roof uh, before Jesus. Uh, and so this, uh, this account, this conflict account is also described for us in Mark's gospel. In Mark 2, 3, uh, it says that they came to him bringing a paralytic and he was carried by four of them. So we know that there were at least four men who were among those that brought this paralyzed man. Uh, there may have been more, but there were at least four who were indeed carrying uh, the stretcher or the mat on which the man lay. Uh, and Mark also pointed out, by the way, that the men removed the roof above Jesus by digging through it. So. <laughs> You're talking about a process there. It, it, it wasn't just a matter of, okay, let's uh, move this one or two tiles there and you've got an opening. No, they were, they were having to do some digging. Uh, it was taking and, some work. Yeah, no doubt to, to get some of the mud uh, that was used 
to uh, waterproof the uh, roof. But when Jesus saw what was going on, he saw that they were demonstrating their faith. He, he saw that act as an act of faith, and it was being demonstrated in their determined action, whatever they needed to do to get this man in front of Jesus, they were willing to do, even to the point of uh, tearing up, digging through uh, the roof of someone else's house. And it kind of reminds me of another familiar story where the woman who had the bleeding disease for 12 years, and, and she just was determined uh, to touch Jesus. All she wanted to do was just touch his garment, and she worked her way through a crowd that Jesus was in just to be able to touch his garment. And, of course, when she did, he, she was healed, and Jesus felt that power going out of him, and he turns to this lady and says, your faith has saved you. So Jesus saw these actions as acts of faith. Um, and as he did with that, uh, the woman with the bleeding disease, he saw that same faith, not only in the man who was paralyzed, but he saw the faith in those who were carrying him uh, to do what they did just to get this man in front of Jesus. Yeah, the man had to have faith, express faith, just to be able to, to obey him, stand up, roll up his, his, uh, uh, his bed and, and walk out through the crowd. He certainly expresses his faith, yes. Uh, the people praised God here, and it was obviously a very public display. Um, why might we resist uh, being public with our praise today? Is there some people that are, that are you know, it's a private thing, it's reserved, mm -hmm. but you don't feel that in this passage. No, you don't feel it in this passage, and uh, you, you can uh, certainly uh, talk about, you know, a person's own personal, uh, a person's own personality, whether they are uh, quiet and reserved, or whether they are, uh, you know, just um, don't mind getting excited and, and uh, expressing themselves openly. But, you know, there, there may be some uh, other reasons as well. You know, you may have someone who just has a, uh, a preconceived idea that God doesn't exist, or if God does exist, he has nothing to do with what you just witnessed, this great work that happened. And so I, I think that might describe some of the Pharisees who were there. In fact, uh, you may recall that there was a time when some Pharisees accused Jesus of doing miracles by the power of Satan, yeah. which was a ridiculous charge in itself. And Jesus pointed out the ridiculousness of the fact that, that Satan would empower someone to tear down the works of Satan. That just, that doesn't make sense. But that, that kind of shows the spiritual blindness of some like those Pharisees uh, who would make such an accusation that they, they were just not open to see uh, or to have the faith that the man who brought the, the paralyzed man to Jesus, the, the paralyzed man himself, they were not open to believe that Jesus was indeed the, the one sent from God. Think about how much energy and effort they, ex they uh, expended trying to disprove him. When had they simply stopped and considered the truth and would have accepted it, 
the, the energy that they could have uh, used uh, for good at that point. Mm-hmm. Although I guess they, they interpreted they were doing good by opposing Christ. You know, I, I thought as well in, in thinking about that idea of why we might resist being public with our praise. You remember there were, there were um, a couple of Pharisees who became believers in Jesus. There was Nicodemus, there was Joseph of Arimathea, but uh, Gospel of John talks about them as being, you know, secret disciples. Yeah. Uh, they, weren't, they weren't quite uh, prepared to be open with their faith. They did after the, after the resurrection, but at that point, uh, up until that point, um, they, they well, Both of them were involved in, in the actual placing of Jesus in the tomb, if I remember right. They were, and, yeah. uh, and not only that, but were responsible for going and requesting uh, of Pilate that, that uh, they might retrieve the body of Jesus from the cross and, and carry it to uh, a burial in the tomb. But my point there being that here were Pharisees, here were people of the Sanhedrin, here were people who uh, were open to Jesus, but because of fear of being identified as a believer, uh, they, they were not open with their faith. And that's, that's a possibility for people as well today, if one we might resist being public uh, with our expressions of praise, that... Uh, you know, there's there's just an, uh, a fear of being identified because Jesus Jesus warned his disciples, you know, if, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. If, if you're going, if I'm going to face uh, things because of the gospel, uh, you who follow me, who believe in me, you'll face things on my behalf as well. Uh, if you um, openly identify as a believer. So that's, that's a possibility as well. We see these, these men offering hope uh, to, the peop, to, the, to the paralyzed man. Um, what are some things that we may do today that can offer hope to others in our world? Well, I, I think that this, uh, this whole account uh, teaches us that we ought never lose sight that everyone's greatest need is to come before Jesus with our sin problem. You know, that's, that, that's jumping ahead to, to kind of summarize what Jesus did in terms of, uh, first of all, telling the man, your sins are forgiven, and then saying to him, rise up, take up your bed, and go home. And certainly the man was healed. But we, we today, as believers, as we offer the hope of the gospel to others today, we need to keep in mind that really the the greatest need people have is the same greatest need we have, and that is we have a sin problem, and that problem we need forgiveness, and that's what Jesus came to provide, and that's what the gospel proclaims. But then, uh, secondly, as believers, we believed in Jesus. We've already experienced the hope and the transformation, the deliverance, the eternal security that comes to us in the message of the gospel. So we have the privilege of sharing this same message with others. We can tell others about it. We, we can exercise our faith like the, these four men did who brought the paralyzed man to Jesus. We can exercise faith by ministering to people's needs in Jesus's name. And through that means, 
show them that in Jesus, there is, is an answer not only to their physical needs, but there is an answer to even their greater need, and that is the forgiveness of sin. David, are there other insights that you would want to share about this particular passage from Luke chapter 5? Well, I, I do think that often a question comes up about this passage, about the connection between forgiveness of sins and healing or deliverance from physical problems. Uh, so I might want to say a word there about this connection. And so I'd, I'd say, first of all, just to kind of put down some markers here, that number one, we're all sinners. We're all in need of forgiveness. But not all physical sicknesses, not all disabilities, are directly caused by sins. We have passages in the scripture, John 9, for example, that indicates to us that it's not always because of sin that a person is, is suffering uh, some kind of physical disability or illness. But what happened here uh, in Capernaum was that Jesus saw a man whose physical need was obvious, but he perceived that there was this greater need that was not so obvious to the synagogue worshipers. And interestingly, he asked the, the Pharisees who were there, he asked them, which is easier to say to this man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? Here's, here's the uh, interesting thing about this option that he gives the Pharisees to think about. Really, the easier thing to say for a teacher, for a person who is uh, like Jesus, who is uh, being sought after, listened to, the easier thing for him to say would be, your sins are forgiven. Why? Because who could know? Who could know that it had not happened? Who could know that it had not happened? And yet if he had said, get up and walk, everyone would immediately know whether or not this was a, uh, this was a false prophet or a, a true prophet or a true man of God. If the man either did get up and walk or was not able to. So Jesus asked this interesting question, which is easier to say, but then, Jesus followed up by doing both of them. He said, your sins are forgiven. And then he said to the man, get up and walk. The greater need was handled. The greater need of forgiveness was given. And then he gave healing as well. And interestingly, by doing both of these, Jesus proved that he, was, he had the authority, the power, to do both of these, and one uh, supported the other. The fact that he said, get up and walk and go home, and the man did, it indicated then the truth of what he had said first, your sins are forgiven. He had the authority to forgive people's sins. So the story in its whole uh, indicates to us that, you know, Jesus didn't heal every person but he, when he did heal, it pointed to his power, his authority to uh, deliver people from their greatest need, and that is the need to be forgiven of sin. David, thank you for being with us today. We want to thank you for listening to us today. 
If you have comments or questions, you're welcome to send me an email at dwayne.mccrary at lifeway.com. That's D-W-A-Y-N-E dot McCrary, M-C-C-R-A-R-Y at lifeway.com. And I'll do my best to answer your question. Or if I don't know the answer, I promise to find the right person who can answer that question and get you in contact with it. Join us next week. We'll be looking at session 11. We'll be looking at Luke 6. And in that particular passage, Jesus is going to heal someone.